Welcome, everyone, to another week of Ramban al Torah. Um, obviously, we're still in the middle of a war here in, uh, in Eretz Yisrael, and our learning should be both zchos or le'ilu nishmas, those who lost their lives already, and zchos for those who the chayalim who are fighting, and the chatufim who I, I can only imagine how horrible it is. And obviously, we pray and we learn for their speedy return. Okay, I want to do a number of Rambans today. We'll see what we have time for. But let's start with the basic issue that I, I think we all know since we're children, right? Ela told us Noach, Noach ish tzadik tamim haya bidorotav. What does it mean, bidorotav? So Rashi says, right, yesh dorshim lishvach, v'yesh dorshim lignai. Some people think it's a praise to Noach. If he's a tzadik in a generation that has no other tzadikim, how much greater he would have been if he was in a generation like Avraham that had other people to support him. And others say it's like, nah, no, he was Bidorotav at Sadiq, but had he lived in the generation of Avraham, he would have thought of to be nothing. Okay? The Ramban doesn't see the issue at all. The Ramban says as follows um, Says the Ramban, it's not telling you that Noach was greater or less great, Bidorotav. It was telling you he was the only tzaddik in that generation. Ein Bidorotav tzaddik v'lo tamim zulato. There was no other tzaddik or tamim at the time. It was just Noach. V'chein ki otcha ra'iti tzaddik lefanai bador hazeh. He was the only one. She'ein acher bidor ra'ui lehinatzel. There was nobody else who was worthy of being saved by God. V'amar bidor. Okay, so that's the first point. The Ramban doesn't know what the big deal is about this machlokis. Was he only a tzaddik in his generation or other generations? The Ramban says it's simple. He was a tzaddik in his generation. There was no one else. The Torah isn't telling you something better or worse about Noach. It's simply describing the fact that there was no one else. Why does it say bidor otav? Bidor otav is a plural. Sounds like in many generations. So the Ramban says the obvious thing. V'amar bidorotav ki dorot rabim tzadik Not only was he the only tzadik in his generation, says the Ramban, he was the only tzadik in many generations. There simply was no redeeming person and no one for whom God would have saved the world until Noach came. And in fact, God did not save the world for Noach, but... He saved Noach and his family. Okay, I think that the, the discussion and the whole debate about whether Noach was a great tzaddik or not, and whether he would have been something great in other generations or not, has to do with something that's not mentioned in the parish at all. Maybe it'll come up later, maybe it won't. But that is the fact that it appears, at least in the Pshuto Shalmikra, that Noach does nothing to get the people to do tshuva. Noach never goes around saying, you know, he's not like Yonah, he's not, he's, God's going to save him, so he's saved. I think behind the scenes, that's a major, major discussion and a major point of focus, whether he did or not. Of course, the Torah acknowledges that Noach was asked to build a massive teva and it took him 120 years so that anybody who passed by would say, hey, what are you doing? And presumably Noach would have said to them, I'm building a teva because God's going to destroy the world. None of that is in the Torah. A big discussion why that's not in the Torah, but let's leave it for now. Okay. Um, 
let's go on in that first parsha. We're in we're in Perak Hey. Let's go to Pasuk Yutet. Says the Torah. Vakimotiat Briitach Uvatala Teva Tovanachavishonashevanachaitach. Right, God, I'll keep my covenant with you. You'll come to the Teva. Umikal Hachai Mikol Basar Shinai Mikol Tavila Tevala Chayot Itach Zachar Nikeva Yihu. And you have to bring two of every animal. Okay, now says the Ramban. First, just a basic question, which most of us would be embarrassed to, to ask because it sounds, God forbid, like a lack of a moon or something. Says the Ramban very simply, Yadua. Ki hachayot rabot ma'od. There are many, many animals. Umehen gidolot ma'od kipilim ukiremim vizulatam. Some of the animals individually are enormous. I try to get an elephant on a boat. It's enormous. Vaharemes harome salhar etz rav ma'od. Right? There are many, many creepy crawling things. Gam me'of ha'shamayim minim rabim ein lahem mispar. There's an, there's an, I want to say infinite, but there's an, you know, almost an unlimited number of birds and, and types of birds. U'kemo shamu rabotenu me'av esrim minei ofot tumayim yesh b'mizrach v'kulam min ayahem. Right? There are 120 different types of one species of bird that exists in the mizrach. U'la ofot tarim ein mispar. Right? And the number of the types of birds, it's limitless. Now, as an aside, we're not going to see this in the Ramban. The Ramban does say all these animals came to Nah. He didn't have to gather them all up. Okay, fine. But still. Noah had to bring a minimum of two of each of these types of species. And on top of that, he needed food to feed the animals for a full year. A full year and 10 days was how long they spent on the teva. The teva, which was 300 amos long and 50 amos wide and 30 amos high, which is, you know, maybe the biggest vessel ever made in the world to that point. Says the Ramban, this teva isn't big enough to fit that many animals. And not 10 like it. Okay? So it's a question that I, I think has probably come across our minds as we've done it before. Maybe we're embarrassed to ask it, but it's just not going to work. That this teva is going to hold all of that. Okay? So answer the Ramban, not surprisingly. Aval hunes. It's a miracle. Hechzik mu'at et Right? The small, meaning the teva, was able to, to hold all of the animals, even though the animals were of a size and of a number that that table could not have held. Okay, it's a miracle. Now, now it gets interesting. Says the Ramban, wait, if it's a miracle, I have a better question then. V'im tomar kitana If God's going to make a miracle, then let Noach build like a rowboat. Okay, with a covering or like let them, let them build a small boat, and then there'll be a huge miracle. You know, an elephant will go on some small boat, which wouldn't fit. Why not do that? So answers the Ramban. Ra'a Hashem mit barach la'asotam gidola, kidei sheyiru ota b'nei doro v'yitmuhuba. Ah, that's the point I said before. Says the Ramban, no, God wanted Noach to build an enormous teva because everybody would see it. Right? You can't build you know, that size vessel 
without everybody stopping and saying, hey, what is that? They'll ask about it. Then all then Noach will tell him, well, there's going to be a flood. Okay, so the first answer is, Noah had to build an enormous teva, not because it was necessary to hold all the animals. It wasn't. It took a miracle to put all the animals on a teva that size. He could have built a smaller one. But if you have to build such an enormous teva, you have to make a spectacle out of it. And then people are going to ask you, and you're going to have to answer, and it will be an opportunity for people to do tshuva. Okay, again, none of this is in the psukim, but it's the point we made before. You know, the question that's an open question, really, how much did Noach try, if at all, to get people to do tshuva? So in this answer, the Raman says he had no choice but to get people to do tshuva because people would ask him, what in the world are you doing? Are you out of your mind? And the answer is no. God told me to build a teva because the world is going to be flooded. That's the first answer. But it's the second answer that I really want to focus on because I think it's fascinating. Says the Raman, Va'od. Asu Says the Ramban, it's the Ramban in a number of places. The Ramban believes in what we could call like the theory of the minimization of miracles. God doesn't like to do make miracles, and God does everything he can to avoid making miracles. So says the Ramban, Noah had to build a teva as big as he possibly could, as big as would float. And then God, What is the way that miracles happen, says Ramban? We, humanity, has to do everything that we can. And then God does, and that which we can't do naturally, God does supernaturally. But the point is, without us doing our part, God's not going to do his part. And without, you know, speechifying too much, that's what's going on now, right? We have an army. The army fights. The army does as much as it can. Sal does as much as it can to protect us. And the rest is up to God. But to think that without Sal, we could just daven or learn, and that would help us, says the Ramban. Now, that's not true. We have to do our part. The way you get a miracle to happen is not by doing nothing and praying. The way you get a miracle to happen is by doing as much as you can. And then God does the rest. If you do as much as you can, God will do the rest. And obviously, we daven with all of our, our hearts and we learn and we do everything we can to make that come true. So that Sahal does his, its part and HaKadosh Baruch Hu does the rest. Okay, that's that piece in the Ramban. And I, I think that that's a really, really significant worldview of the Ramban, which is, God does miracles in response to our actions. Fine. Next. Says the Torah in Parakhet, now we're past the Mabel. Okay, the Mabel happens. It's very bad. It destroys the world. Now Noah comes out of the Teva. And we read as follows. Um, Posuk Chafalaf. God says, 
Vayom Hashem El Libo. So the Raman's question is going to be, what does it mean, El Libo? But the point is, HaKadosh Baruch says, I'm not going to destroy the world again. Okay, what does it mean, El Libo? So just by way of introduction, but I, you know, we often think to ourselves that we, the readers of Chumash, obviously know less about what happened than the people who were there. But the Ramban doesn't think so. The Ramban thinks, for example, that the narrator, you know, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, tells us things that maybe people at the time didn't know. And this is a good example. Vayom Hashem Alibo. What does it mean, Alibo? Says the Ramban. Lo God didn't tell Noach at the time. Whatever it is that he's saying now. Lo osif od God's, God did not tell that to anybody at the time. Rak biyom tsavoto et Moshe biktivat ha-Torah gila elav. What happens is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu thought it at the time. God thinks, you know what? It's not fair. I'm not going to wipe out the world anymore. But he doesn't tell Noach. Later on, when he's dictating the Torah to Moshe Rabbeinu, he tells Moshe Rabbeinu, put it in. But nobody knew at the time. When Noach brought a carbon after the Mabul and God accepted it, so then he decided he's not going to smite the Jewish people, or he's not going to um, smite humanity with another flood. There's some secret to the rabbis. Why does it say that it's all dependent on humanity? So the Ramban says, because it is all dependent on humanity. The flood was brought because humanity sinned. I, the animals also sinned. They don't really matter. If humanity had not sinned, the animals would have been spared. And because humanity did sin, the animals were wiped out also. Okay, but back to the main point. The main point is sometimes you find in the Torah, it's specific here, but it's a bigger idea in the Ramban. Sometimes you find in the Torah a pasuk. It doesn't mean that the people at the time were privy to that information. God never said to Noah, I'm not going to destroy, I'm not going to destroy the, the, the world anymore. But God thought it. And all that time later, when Moshe Rabbeinu wrote down the Torah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu told him to include this detail so that we would know it now, even though Noach did not know it. Now, why didn't Noach know it? Or was it necessary for Noach to know it? I don't know. But it's necessary for us, because God is making a statement now. God is saying, whatever happens going forward, this is no longer an option for punishment of the world. Okay, and that's a significant fact for us to know, and therefore, the Torah tells it to us now. Okay, let's keep going forward. Perek Tet, Pasuk Yud Bet. We're further in the parasha. Noach and his children come out of the Teva, and God says as follows. This he does say to them. Vayomer Elohim, Zot ot haberit asher ani notein beini uvein echem uvein kol nefesh chaya asher itichem lidorot olam. Says HaKadosh Baruch Hu to Noach, this is the sign that I'm giving you between me and you forever. What is the sign? Et kashti natati be'anan. It's the rainbow. 
It'll be a sign of my covenant between me and humanity. Okay, now, there's nothing like a rainbow to trigger a machlokas, right? There's some people who think, ooh, tell everybody there's a rainbow, they should look at it. There's some people who think, no, no, the rainbow is a sign of, of anger, right? Doesn't the rainbow mean that God wanted to destroy the world and didn't? So how do we see the rainbow? So says the Ramban, he said the simple reading, or it seems to be in the Pasuk, that God made up something new. There had never, there had never been a rainbow before in the world. And God said, you know what? I'm now establishing this thing called a rainbow. And this rainbow is going to be a sign of my covenant between me and you. Why is it a rainbow? Right? We don't think this way. But at the time where the bow and arrow was the way that people made war, so the Ramban says, what is a keshet? A keshet is an upside-down bow. What does that mean, an upside-down bow? It means that if there was a string, it would be at the bottom, right? And the bow is at, t- is at the top. Which way does that shoot? It would shoot up. I mean, the point is that we humans don't have to worry about being shot by God, right? It's a sign of peace. Says the pasuk, "V'amru b'tam aot hazek yakeshet lo asu shirag lav lamala shirag kilu minashemay morimbo." We don't want to make it look like they're shooting at him from heaven. V'ishlach itzav v'yifit same baaretz. No, not that. Aval asao behefech mizeh laharot shelo yorubo minashemayim. Says the Raman, there's something meaningful in the in 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 the in the bow. It's facing the wrong way. V'chein derech hanil chamim. If I want to show somebody that I come in peace, I hold the bow and arrow with the bow on my side, right? means I can only shoot, it, you can only shoot one way. So I hold the bow and arrow in a way that makes it clear, like a person, Lahabdil, nowadays, or not Lahabdil, you know, you know, drops his gun or holds his gun up or makes it clear he's not holding the gun in a way that will shoot. So everybody knows that he's not going to shoot. That's what the rainbow looks like to people at that time. That's what the rainbow should look like to us. It's a sign from God, Kiviyachol, that he's not going to shoot anymore. Okay, and on top of that, says Raman Vaod, She'ein lekeshet yeter lekonein chitzim alav. There's also no bow. There's no way to, to shoot the bow. There's no way to shoot the rainbow because it's missing the string. That's also a sign of peace. Okay, so right now the Ramban says, okay, that the bow and arrow, A, there's there's no string to shoot from, and B, it's facing the opposite direction to make it clear that God is not shooting at humanity. Second, it seems like God just invented or just created the rainbow to make this point. But what are you going to do? Says the Ramban. We believe scientists. We believe maybe the Greeks, but 
What does it mean? Shemilat Hashemesh Ba'avir Halach Ya'keshet Bitolada. The Ramban knows what he's talking about. He says if you if you refract the sunlight through moisture, it, it makes a rainbow. How does he know this? If you hold up a glass of water to the sun, you'll see some form of a rainbow. When you take another look at the Psukim, says the Ramban, this is really the case. Says the Ramban, in the Psukim, it's clear there already was such a thing called a rainbow. It's just now God is designating the rainbow as a sign of his covenant with us. So in the Machlokas, when was the Keshet invented? So the Rahman, it seems obvious, it was invented at the beginning of time. There was always a rainbow. But now, That Keshet that has existed since the beginning of the world is now being designated by me, says HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as a sign of peace, as a sign of my covenant between me and the Jewish people. Then the Ramban goes on to discuss, yeah, but what's the meaning of it? And the Ramban makes a, a significant point, which I'm not going to read inside, but I'll just tell you outside. The Ramban says, there doesn't have to be meaning to something that, that, that symbolizes a covenant. Me and you, we make a covenant, the covenant is, I don't know, this phone, this safer. That we, we identify an object and we infuse that object with deeper meaning. That object represents the fact that X, Y, and Z. So Zerman, same thing here. The rainbow always existed, but now we're identifying the rainbow as a sign of a covenant between our Kaddish Baruch Hu and his people. Okay. Um, last Ramban for the day. It's towards the end of the parsha, and it has to do with the Dor HaFlaga. Perak Yud Halacha Hey, I'm sorry, Perak Yud Pasuk Hey, says as follows. Me'ele nifridu iye ha'goyim ba'artzotam ishli lishano l'mishprotam b'goyehem. Right? From this, all the people dispersed across the, across the world and made up all the different lands and all the different languages, etc., etc. The Ramban starts with the Rambam, who unusually he quotes to agree with. Okay, right in the middle of the Ramban, it's a long piece. In the middle, says the Ramban, This story of Dor HaFlaga helps to emphasize the truth of the story of creation. Why? And uh, it's interesting because I never thought of this before. Vigamza Emet says Ramban, I think he's right. Ki Avraham. So the first part the Ramban doesn't explain is he's right because when somebody would say, wait, if the world was created and everybody lived in the same place, well, how did everybody get to all these different places? So the, the answer says the Rambam, and quoted approvingly by the Ramban is, well, there was a Dor HaFlaga and God dispersed them. And when we know that God dispersed them, we now understand that it was probably true that God created the world. And in a natural, in a natural way, probably they wouldn't have gotten as far as China, and as far as Asia, and as far as, you know, I don't know if they got to North America then. 
Depends if you believe in the Ice Age or not, I suppose. But so the, Ram, so the Rambam says, no, that proves creation. But it's proven in another way. And this is something I'd never noticed before. So if I could share it with you, that would be great. Ki Avraham avinu yitzavet banav et Right? Avraham, we know from the Pasuk, is going to command his children to believe all the things that we were taught. Vi'ya'id lahem al noachu banav shera'u hamabul. Avram's going to tell his children about Noach and his children, who didn't just believe in the Mabul, they saw it, they were participants. The unstated fact is, Avraham knew Noach, right? If you do the lineages, if you, if you match up the years, Avraham and Noach overlapped. So Avraham met Noach, and Noach told him the story. Ve'hayu bateva, hu aid mi aid bi'inyan kol hamabul. So the first thing is, Avram Avinu doesn't just believe there was a flood. He knows there was a flood. He met somebody who survived the flood, who told him about it. He's an aid me p aid, a witness from a witness. Ve'aid rivi'i al yitzira. Now the Ramban sort of goes to town. He's in, in addition to that, he's a fourth-hand aid to the actual creation of the world. Why? Ki noach ra'a aviv. Noach knew his father Lamech. Shera'a Adam Harishon. Says the Ramban, if you do the years, Lamech, Noach's father, met Adam Harishon. So therefore, Adam Harishon told Lamech about the creation of the world. Now, this is a bit of an iffy proposition because Adam Harishon didn't really watch God create the world. But Adam Harishon knew that he was the first person ever created and that he had no parents and that God created him and that he's not a descendant of monkeys. So he knew all that, and he told it to he told it to Lamech, who told it to Noach, who told it to Avraham. V'yitzchak v'yaakov, Avraham's son and his grandson, ra'u shame, he'id b'mabul, ha'eid b'mabul. They knew shame. Shame outlived Noach, and they met him, and so they told they told Yitzchak and Yaakov directly about the mabul. And Yaakov Avinu then told it to his descendants who went on to Mitzrayim. I'm not sure why this is important, but he thinks that Yaakov Avinu told it to Paro. He told it to his whole generation. So in this way, the Ramban says, it was only four or five generations removed for the people to believe all the stories that came behind them. They met people who met people who lived at the beginning of time. They met people who met people who lived through the Mabul. And so, you know, it's strange to us, but the people who left Mitzrayim, you know, were only two generations or maybe three generations removed from people who had seen all the stories in Sefer Bracious. And the Ramban thinks it's a significant point in our Mesorah. Like sometimes we, we mislead ourselves. We think to ourselves, you know, the seventh generation. Okay, so he doesn't know what happened in the first generation. But seven generations saw each other. You know, your grandfather's grandfather was at your birthday party. That's how it worked. And so the Ramban says, if that's the case, everybody knew. Everybody knew completely. And when the Torah came, it wasn't as if the Torah had to fill in all these blanks 
and that's to tell people stories that they didn't know before. The Ramban goes out of his way to say the door Yotzei Mitzrayim, or the door Ba'e Mitzrayim at least, came with absolute knowledge of what came before them. Absolute knowledge of creation, absolute knowledge of the flood, absolute knowledge of the dispersal. They knew it all. And they knew it all because the Mesorah was really, really important to them, as it's really, really important to us. Okay, so that's it for today. We did a bunch of Rambans, you know, some really significant ones, some less significant. The Ramban about um, Bidor Otav doesn't know what the big deal is. Obviously, Noach was the only tzaddik in his generation. That's why. Um, the fact that the, that the Mabul had to be built by us, I'm sorry, that the Teva had to be built by us and wasn't large enough, that point about miracles I think is really significant in the Ramban and in Judaism in general. The way we get God to do a miracle is by doing as much as we can. And then the rest, God has to take care of. Hopefully it'll be a zchus for us, for the captives, for the chayalim, for all of Klai Yisrael. Have a Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom.